Hi, I'm Greg Greenfell. And I'm Libby Fulton. And, and we, we like to garden. We like to garden. We like we like to garden. We like to garden. We like we like to garden. Greer, what have you been up to in the garden? I have my bulbs arrived. Oh yes. Thank God. I but they've been busy, so yeah. Great work. So busy. I feel like I cannot even imagine how they coordinate. Oh. But I also imagine because you've cleared out your garden quite a few weeks ago now. Like a yeah. month. You've been waiting. I've been waiting. <laughs> you've literally been waiting. <laughs> and then I got them maybe a week or two ago, but yeah. I've been so busy that I just haven't had any time to do anything mm. about it. I've been flat belly tech. Well, when I talk about mine, like I've only done one lot more. And I've had mine even longer than you. Have you done them all now? No. Oh. <laughs> I've done one more pot and I ran out of potting mix. So. Oh, yeah. that's annoying. I know. How much more do you have to go? Um, not much. I just want to do the um, ranunculars properly. I want to soak them first and I've got like about four little pots. Yep. And so, I yeah, I wanted to get fresh potting mix for them as well. And I ran out, so yep. I'll just do them all together at once, maybe on Friday. Mm, nice. Um, I did mine on Sunday mm. afternoon, and I put the something... Epic Reels? Yes. Well, that was an Instagram story. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, kids. <laughs> sorry, Gen Z. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm stoked to have it done, and it's going to be really cold, the next yes. few days here in Christchurch, so I think that's going to be really good for them because bulbs are like it. Yes. They like it cold. And that was actually an Instagram question that we had from someone, mm. was asking about the winter, if you if they're okay outside over winter, and that is absolutely okay for them to be out there. They actually prefer it. That's yes. how they get to know that it's time for them to grow. Yeah. But it's the cold, the drop in temperature signals for them to start growing yeah. in spring. Yeah. And it warms up again. Yeah. And so I did some Instagram stories about how I'm, I've layered some of them. So they I've were done impressive. Yeah. So I think I've saved that to the highlight of my garden on Instagram. If people are interested, they're in very what interested. I've done. <laughs> are they? Yes, and because one of them I copied today, tried to with my tulips with the two varieties. You know oh, how you had a yeah, centre? Because yeah, yeah. I've never done that before. And so I copied green. I did one variety of my, um, what was left over of my um, peony tulips, is what I'm trying to say, yep. in the middle and some around the outside. Cute. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, because last winter, autumn, mm. when I did tulips, I only put one variety in each pot. Yes. And same. I'd kind of I didn't pack them in that tightly. No, I didn't realise how packed in you put yours. I have never done yeah, mine. Yeah, they tight can as almost that. be touching. I get all my tips from Monty, so and I feel like his pots always look great. So oh. I mean if it's good enough for Monty, it's good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I was when spring came, all my bulbs came up in the pots yeah. and it was kind of not as exciting yeah. as you thought. Yeah. It wasn't as full as I thought. And because the rest of the garden is only just starting to wake up when the bulbs come out, they're really the only focal point that you've got to, that I had around and it wasn't as like popping as I wanted it to mm, be. I know, I can imagine so that. So I've crammed them in a little bit now. Yeah, um, I crammed in my mascari yes, this year. I did and too. Us- usually I put the, I've had them in the garden and they some still come up in the garden bed Um. But putting them in the pot, I like rammed them in this year. Mm. 
And so I'm hoping that mine will look like Monty's. Yes, same. I did my mascara around a tulip. Oh, so I did them I on like the outside that. of the pot and then the tulips were bunched together in the middle. So hopefully it's going to be like a layered cool Oh, thing. I like that. Yeah. And I also got bluebells and snowdrops, oh. which I put in the garden. Where did you put them? I put them underneath a honeysuckle on the shady side of oh, the garden. Yes. Which I think, they don't mind the shade. They're, they're woodland plants, aren't they? So yes. I thought they'd go quite good there. And it'll be nice. Um, and I'm hoping they're just going to multiply each year and slowly take over that. That'll be lovely. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to accidentally dig some up and damage them, but... I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes. I do it all the time. Especially the smaller ones, like those mascara, sometimes look like grass coming up, and I think that I've got oh, twitch in my yeah, garden, yeah. and I have many a time pulled them out, and then I've quickly like, tucked them back into the soil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They'll still come away. They're yeah. still going. One thing I regret is that I didn't get any more freesias. Oh. I only got one bag of freesia bulbs. Yeah, same. And I just, when I was planting, I thought, why didn't I do that? Because I loved cutting them last year for... And I've put them in the garden, mm. but I've got I haven't cared for them at all over the summer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like once they died back, I just chucked them in the garden. I don't know if I dug them deep enough. I don't know if Lucky I put them the in the spring. right. Yeah. So kind of a bit gutted about that, but you might still be able to find some around. Just oh, to I can't it. be bothered. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Don't go have a look. Okay. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> I just feel like oh, I'm just I'm too busy. You're too busy. She studied bulb stash. I've done my bulbs and I've just been. I've yeah, flat tech. I can't. I don't have time. <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. And anything else? Or no, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's a good effort. Considering you literally have only ha- only had the bulbs a few weeks and you're already done. So yeah, impressed. Well yeah. done. And there's still time if people out there. Oh yes, haven't done their bulbs. There's still yeah, time. Definitely. You can get them in. They say mid-April to mid-May, but I'm sure you can push that to the end of May. Yeah, like, I've done that by mistake before, and I've, like, planted some in September, and they've yeah. they've still grown. The plant's going to grow. YOLO. <laughs> um, just to be transparent with everyone, <laughs> I fully just stopped recording. I was like, great, let's move on to the next segment, and I hadn't even asked Libby what she'd been up to. <laughs> and it's like, are you going to ask me? And she was like, oh... <laughs> She doesn't care. Yeah, I'm over it. I've done my piece. Yeah, no, understandable, understandable. Because to be fair, I actually haven't done a lot. I finished, so I did another pot of bulbs. And I did, as like crossover from last week, I shifted some of my forget-me-nots. Oh, great. So I've done a bunch of that. And I was considering going to take some more, um, split up some lavender. Mm. But I didn't get around to it. And the garden needs a lot of weeding. And also a crossover from last week. Zero motivation to do that. <laughs> it really needs doing, but I'm like... And at this point, do you not just feel like you'll just leave it until spring? Yeah, no. I feel, I'm going to tidy it up, but I've got, I've got some time off work in the next couple of weeks. So I just, I'm going to try and do that without the kids. Yeah, true. I find it really hard. So um, I found some great vases in my own laundry. They're kind of like jugs with narrow necks that I'm going to do the indoor bulbs. And I saw Greer tag me on Instagram, um, Annabelle Langbein, the the chef. So she did another indoor um, segment, like a reel on um, growing the bulbs, but she didn't put charcoal on the bottom and she put stones. So I'm going to give that a go and the two two methods and see how it works. And I noticed her bulbs 
with like sitting in the water though on yeah. top of the so i wasn't sure how that would because elsewhere i've read not to let your bulbs sit in the water well, they don't like it do they she, no even she said in the video there's actually a good one if people are interested in seeing a practical demonstration of yeah. it um annabelle langbein on instagram she has she's puts tulips in a vase just with water tulip bulbs yes and she's going to take them inside for them to flower early and i was interested in that too because i thought that some of those bulbs were quite wet yes but she says just make sure they're not wet yeah, but to make but like I guess the roots get wet. I guess yes, for the roots to get wet and we'll take up water. So I don't know. I'll when I actually do it, we'll take a post of it. And I also ah, oh, Greer's um, husband Jack gave me a pink bubble plant. So I repotted that. I'm very excited about that new baby, and it inspired me to get on and take some more cuttings of some plants that are all already have inside one was gifted to me by my mother-in-law and she stole it from a conference room somewhere <laughs> so we are cutting so she's not sure what it's called i'm not sure what it's called but it's thriving she stole it from a conference room <laughs> she really liked it <laughs> don't ask me where. she's got like so many of them like growing in the stairway she's like do you want one and she came out with like a full plant she's like i've been oh, growing amazing. them for years and i was like okay. cool um, so that's about it. Nothing too exciting. Oh, I, that sounds quite productive, though. Yeah, hopefully more productive next podcast. Maybe. It's supposed yeah, to be really shithouse weather for the next like, week or two. So. Oh, great. Cool. I love getting my all-weather gear on in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, girl. And this weekend just been, mm-hmm. we were lucky enough to go to Frencham Gardens in Taitap. Yes, which was, is just out of Christchurch. It was for our international listeners. <laughs> I don't think we have any. <laughs> Selling ourselves too short. I'm sure we do. <laughs> oh, we do. Oh we my do. god, amazing. Yeah, I know exactly. Some Dutch friends listen out of sympathy, maybe. Sympathy, <laughs> Um. Anyway, yes. Thai tap is about 15 minutes out of Christchurch. It's not very far. No. And we went out there. It was a beautiful day. It was amazing. And we met outside the property. And we were talking about even when we were driving up. It was just magic. It was. The autumn colours. It was a beautiful, warm day. Yeah, and it was like this long drive up to her property, backed onto the back of um, the hills, like Kennedy's Bush. Yeah. And she had these all these beautiful silver birches, didn't she? And yeah. so the leaves are just like with that. And orange they were scattering across yeah. the driveway, and the driveway would have been like, we can't. I don't measure know distance. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say okay, but that seems really. Long. It wasn't okay. <laughs> a couple, maybe a hundred meters, maybe longer. longer. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. It was a. It was a. It was a drive. It was a drive, and it was. I just thought. Where am I? Yeah, it was like being somewhere completely like, different. Oh, it was amazing, and then. We pulled up, she came out to greet us, her name is Margaret Long, mm-hmm. and Frencham has a website, it's F-R-E-N-S-H-A-M, for people who want to, if they want to see the website, and you can just book to go there and see the gardens, Yes, you can um, just book and go yourself and wander around. And she, how um, this came about, as Greer talked about the gardening journal last week, so she has re-established that yep. in circulation, and she also has a book that you can buy off her website too. We, yeah, and we both bought the book it's when amazing. we were there, and that is just called Frenchum, 
and she created the book because in 2017 there were bushfires in Christchurch and they got yes. really close to her property and she thought she wanted like a journal of what the garden was and what it meant and to document it year round so she's done yeah. like each month and then she's taken so you can see it, especially it's not just a season book because over summer you know so much can happen in a garden mm. so she takes you through basically each month in her garden and so you revisit pages mm. of the same shot so you can see what it looks like yeah and, and it's beautiful it's, it's a beautiful book the photographer Juliet Nichols I think it is mm. done an amazing job yeah fantastic Really good. A great one to have forever and for inspiration and just people can pick up off your coffee table. Like yeah. We should be selling, you know. Yeah. Oh, I could sell it for <laughs> her. Swipe up to shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she said that she, because of the book, she's had people come from all over New Zealand to visit the garden and like international guests um, who have seen the book and have been inspired to come and visit. And she gave us a tour of the garden and she was with us for an hour and a half. Yes. And it was amazing and she after that said that we were more than welcome um you can stay and continue to look around after she's finished speaking and um so the background with that is i i asked her because we're obviously beginner gardeners so she can sort of speak to you at what level you are with your Mm. gardening journey to get the most out of the tour she has been there was it 35 years 29 oh sorry 29 (laughs) (laughs) yeah and she wasn't a gardener. No. And was really quite, not upset, but wasn't keen on this sort of embarking on this rural sort of change in her life and doing the gardening. Yeah. And, and it was just paddock. Just paddock. It was beer. And so she's basically, her and her husband have created the whole garden. Yeah. And she went, was it, she'd been there about a year. So mm. she did some stuff around the courtyard immediate to the house. And she went away on a like holiday overseas and got a lot of inspiration in mm. was it the UK? UK, yeah, and, and visiting gardens, visiting gardens, and came back with those sort of ideas and then got into it. And the garden has just grown from there. Yeah, and she had so much knowledge, and she just she was she basically oh. any question we had, she knew yep. the Latin name, botanical name for each mm. like tree or flower or anything and she could tell you the history how long they've had it what it's like throughout the year and why they do things so like for me I learned a lot I had no idea what she kept talking about limbing mm. and I was like what's this limbing and it was so great and she had done it with a lot of um shrubs and one of them was like the hydrangeas and honeysuckle so yeah. I we both commented we thought honeysuckle was only something that you would like was a climber but she had them standard free throughout the garden yeah and she so when she talks about limbing so from the the ground up say like a third of the the shrub she had removed all the leaders off the side hadn't she and she was very hard like she said when she prunes she prunes really hard Mm. make sure there's no crossover branches there's nothing and it's all to let light in to let the light in yeah and it's so that all the underplanting can get enough light to flourish as well i know and that's what i thought was she did it the camellias as well she's done a lot of it with the camellias so you end up with a plant that lets so much light through and it Mm. doesn't even though it's a big plant it doesn't take up all the space at ground level so she was yeah. still able to have that full appearance because she as Greer said she had all the underplanting still had enough light mm. 
to do their business. Yeah, it was fantastic yeah. the way um, her schemes and her rooms and talking to her about like how she's she started out with these two big herbaceous beds mm. and she's just reduced them in size over yeah, the years. because her style has changed. Yeah. As she got older, she couldn't be bothered with the upkeep of herbaceous beds, which herbaceous plants are ones that die back completely over winter and then they come back full in spring and summer. And they are a lot of work. Yes. Some of them you'd have to dig up. You're having to divide things so that they don't take up too much room mm. and you still get... It's a constant changing to make sure everything's working together. Yes, because it can look quite messy at at certain points. Yeah, and so she's changed it to heaps of formal planting with lots of boxes hedging, um, lots of... For year-round interest as well, especially in the busy spots by a house where they, you know, from the lounge where they look out. So she thought, well, what is the point in having this... Yeah, like she had the dining room bed as yeah. an example. And I think I put something about that on the story that we did about it, about how the, she had roses in that bed. Mm. And she was looking out at it in winter and thinking, why do I have this here when, you know, six months of the year it looks terrible. terrible. Mm. So then she put all these buxus hedging plants in there and they look so cool. Yeah. Like I was trying to do with my cool ones. <laughs> we won't talk about that. A future. It will happen. Yeah. But yeah, we, we learned a lot. And even um, Greer asked a really good question. She was like, oh, about the, the dahlias. And she had um, Cafe Olay, didn't she? She did. And she had been right into um, dahlias since before they got back in fashion again. And she never transplants the um, lifts the tubers. No, only the cafe au lait. Yeah. She actually has them in big pots and they're buried in the ground. And then she said she lifts the cafe au lait because they're so expensive. <laughs> I get it. Which, yeah, I mean, they are. I've been trying to buy one mm-hmm. and they're crazy and I just can't bring myself to spend that much money on a tuber. But I probably will because I really like them. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so she lifts them. She lifts those ones but nothing else. And yeah. she has like a cool woodland area and she'd just done some planting of some more trees. Yes. It's just an ever-shifting landscape. Yes. And it was great to see at at this time of year in autumn because a lot of all the busy um, herbaceous stuff and underplantings had sort of died back. Mm. So you got to see a lot of the structure of the yes. garden. And understanding from that, like she would talk through, you know, at different times of year what comes up. But also understanding how to get a scheme of, instead of, at the start, she said, you know, it's quite easy to be like, oh, I like that, that, and that, and picking and doing lots of different things in one area, when really it's about bulk mass planting of similar, the same plant with similar plants to get mm. a really nice full effect, but to keep the scheme Yeah, the cohesion well, yeah. of it. And that was really interesting to see, because mm. I get a bit bitsy. Yeah, well, it's hard as well, because we both have pretty small gardens. Yes. And it's hard to get that scope and breadth of, you know, she's got large, large beds where yes. she can do repeat planting Yes, and put a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, my garden's so small that I can only have one of each thing because... Uh, otherwise, there's... you've got a whole garden of Gara, basically, Greer. <laughs> exactly. The way it's going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So it's cool to see that on a big scale. It was. And to appreciate it, I think going forward, that's something that I would like to do more but, as you say, take it down a scale yeah. to... Several. Yes, <laughs> several. <laughs> several, yeah. Yeah, she was... It was just so, so 
gorgeous and she was so kind she gave me some cuttings she did of was it winter box uh yes, christmas uh, box christmas box yeah which it flowers it has and red berries in it it flowers in, in our winter but obviously in the northern hemisphere yeah, it's at christmas christmas yeah and then it gets little berries on it and it's just a shrub and it grows really well in shade evergreen evergreen doesn't need much water yeah so she gave me i think five or six cuttings and they've all none of them have wilted so i think they're all doing okay yeah which is great for me and she also gave me some seeds oh i should give you some before you go of the asparagus peas oh I'm excited. and she talks about those in a book too yeah i was I reading about those so i'm excited to plant those in spring too yes and have like a little bit of french in my garden i know she was so cute. overly overly kind to us I so yeah. kind so highly recommend if you um, into garden tours or have a group. We yeah. even talked about maybe running something at the end of the year. So yeah, if anyone's about, we definitely want to go back there in spring and yes. see it in its glory. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was just great. And her garden shed was just dreamy. Oh, the garden shed! It was really cute. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was goals. And she, who even her, um, seeing her propagation. Yes. Um, what she said is downsizes. It was more around the back that we didn't see. But just seeing how it's done, you know, is so much superior than might be. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, yeah. scale. Scale, um, yeah. yeah. Because she had a see-through mesh canopy, basically, yeah. to, to shade them so that they receive probably bright light, but were never in direct sunlight. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, that was so cool. Yes. Well worth a visit. It's time for the plant spotlight. Oh, that came out. That I didn't great. tell Libby that I was going to do that. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, it's cute. It was. Uh, today we are talking about hydrangeas. And this was, we got an Instagram question about hydrangeas. And it was about caring for them and how to prune them. So we thought we would just do a whole segment on hydrangeas. Because we love them. We love them. And I have not been that successful with my hydrangeas. But mm. I've figured out the issue and I'm moving forwards with the one I've just bought. Yes. And I had the a large um, like mop top that came with mop our top. house. Is that what they're called? Mop head? Mop head. <laughs> like a mop top's like a I still, tree. I've, I have three of those, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> In the similar area. <laughs> um, that was really well established, and I've done nothing to create it. In fact, we probably tried to kill it several times. Um, but I have been successful with... Met, oh, I got given... Maybe I've got had four that I've got in the garden now yep. in various places. So, mm-hmm. yes. Yep. So they are, they're a shrub, but they're perennial. Yes, they're a deciduous well, perennial. perennial. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they, would you call them semi-hardwood? Because they do, their stems go quite hard when yes, and they go dormant, don't they? Yeah, and definitely but they're softer when they're new growth. The macrophilia ones do. I don't know so much about, Greer's going to talk about paniculatas later. I don't know yeah. what their stem's more like, but yes. Yeah. It's, it, it, it goes it, quite hard, hard after a while. It looks like cane almost. Yeah, yeah. And they like shade. Like shade, well-draining soil. Yeah. Um, obviously, most people probably associate them with, you know, like the bright blue... Um, or the really pink, and that's obviously the colour of the uh, petals often is 
to do with the soil that they're mm. in. So if it's really acidic, it'll be blue, which is the opposite to what you think. And if it's more alkaline, they often turn pink. So mm. if you put lime and stuff on them, but you can obviously now get more stable varieties, like they will yeah. produce them like a, a white or a green or mm. so that they won't change depending on your soil type, yep. which is great. Yeah. But they don't like too much... Um, like direct sunlight. No, so, I've burnt one before, pretty crispy. Yeah. <laughs> so, like full, like uh, part shade. Yeah, I'd say it's more important that they're in afternoon shade. Yeah, afternoon That's shade. It's the hottest, especially in New Zealand. The morning sun is, all the plants that I have in the garden that get morning sun and afternoon shade do really well. Yes. I think that's the ideal, most plants. Yeah, and I actually looked this up to see exactly, and it said, for a well-flowering hydrangea, they need a minimum of three hours sunlight, but not intense light. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. So that speaks volumes, because mine are on the south side and get a lot of morning sun, but from about midday, they're done. And yours get massive. Yeah. Really big, yeah. So, and I think as well it's really important that they're in free-draining soil, because I think that's how I've killed mine. Is there a, I've put them in really the shadiest corner of the garden and I just thought that was yes. perfect for them. And then they've died and I have now figured out that it's because the soil in that corner is really heavy clay and they can get root rot really easily. Ah, yes, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they like to be kept more, like moist, moist like water but them really well deeply. free-draining. Yeah, so that they're not sitting in heavy, wet soil. So that's what... I have learned, and I am moving on and forwards <laughs> in my life with that knowledge. Yeah, uh, and you can, if you want to, liquid fertilize them in spring to give them that extra boost for their blooms. Yes, and I was reading about that too because I've never mulched. Um, also, my hydrangeas, but it talked about like in spring with your liquid fertilizer. Um, after you've done that, try and mulch around the bottom of base oh, of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, more so. Mine often sometimes get by late summer those brown spots in the leaves, which is mm. quite common, and that's just a sign of stress. So it's not a disease. I was just reading up about it. It's more to do with the fluctuation in temperature. Like so, the mulching will help keep the soil temperature stable around the roots. So yep. that's a really good idea to keep your plant nice and healthy too. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay. Tips and tricks. Tips and tricks going ahead. Yeah, and there's two. Types. Well, there's climbing hydrangeas too, but we probably aren't going to talk about those. No, I have no expertise on that. So. No, but Libby has all Mop. yours are mop heads. Yes, or and I've got one lace cap. Yeah, and they're both macrophilia varieties, yeah, or species. I don't and know they're the ones that most people would associate as a hydrangea with the big, full, full round mm-hmm. flower blooms. flower head. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. They basically the same as what we've talked about. That's how they're pretty easy care. Mm-hmm. Um, and are we going to go into pruning? Yeah. Okay. So pruning with them is, I didn't know until Greer told me that they grow on the old wood, but it makes so much sense <laughs> because of my fails. So <laughs> sometimes my husband gets annoyed because they grow over a path where he's trying to get the lawnmower through. Oh, Yeah. And so the new growth comes from um, the old growth from the season 
for, so on the old wood. Yeah. So he's cut it in spring, like never do that. And he's cut it like he's just whacked it off with a hedge trimmer before. And yeah. I've been like, oh, the hardy, it'll come again. No, it doesn't come again that year. <laughs> just leaves up. Yeah. Um, the ones that he missed flowers, so I had like sporadic flowers last year. But this year, they've come away because they've flowered on that old wood from yeah. the season before. Yeah. So when you're pruning, actually, which... What you're supposed to do is just deadhead them um, just below the flower stems, basically. Yep. And if you want to, you can go harder if you're wanting to shape up your, if it's like quite an established plant. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go to about a third down the stem, just just above like a leaf node, basically. Yep. And sometimes you will notice, which on a hydrangea at the tip, there's quite a, like a double joint and that's like a flowering node, so don't cut that. But if you've got another one with a, it's just a plain left node, that's one you want to cut down lower. You can oh, cut yeah, down yeah. too. Okay. And so do you, to prune those properly, do you, when do you do it? Well, I've always done it in autumn, like yeah. after flowering, I've just gone along and deadheaded yeah. and not actually knowing that that's the actual correct way to do it. Like I've never cut it really hard back before because yeah. I haven't needed to. Until, like, accidentally, obviously. No, I won't say accidentally. He did it on purpose. He straight up hacked at my hydrangeas, <laughs> like, just before they were flowering. So, that was on purpose. <laughs> Apart from then. <laughs> and I didn't know it was the time of year, but apparently, it, yeah, to wait as late as possible. Yeah. So, um, preferably in winter. Yeah. But you can do it after flowers have spent. And actually, my mum asked me a good question today because she wants to shift some. Yeah, and that isn't done until late winter, early spring, even. Just um, as it's getting going again. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you can shift them. So. Oh yeah. Yes. And Greer, paniculatas. Oh yes. So paniculatas. I've just bought one, mm-hmm. and actually at Frencham. Speaking of. Oh, she had a fabulous one. She had one, and it was as tall as her second story window, and I didn't even know that hydrangeas would do that. No, and this is new to me too because it was we, like a bloody tree, and she'd limbed it. She had <laughs> limbed it. She'd limbed it from the base, and it was crazy. And so recently, I sent Greer a tag. His name's was his Cloud Klaus actually Klaus Endelby off Instagram. Mm. He's a Dutch gardener. No, sorry, he's a Danish gardener. Mm. Similar. <laughs> yeah, and he had paniculatas. So paniculatas, okay, I'll start at the, the beginning. Paniculatas are pretty much exactly the same, except their flowers are that cone, panicle, they call them. Like a candle. Yeah. And they grow on, the flowers bloom on new wood. New so wood. So they're different, different. than the mop heads and the lace caps. The yes. macrophilias, was it? Yes, yes, they grow on the old wood. Yeah, and the... Grow new wood. wood. So you prune them really differently. And this Danish guy, yes. he had them growing as standards, which was Blew my mind. Crazy. I didn't even know they were hydrangeas when he first started. No, they looked like trees. I know. I mean, and I guess at Frencham she has it almost as a tree. It's like a tree. I'm going to fucking do that with mine. They, it looked amazing up against the house. Yeah, it was amazing. Anyway, so when you're pruning them, you can prune them really hard. Really hard. Because... That will stimulate all the new growth, and the flowers are going to be on the new growth. Yeah, so you, you don't have to worry about damaging the old wood or from the season before because it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And so you can prune them really aggressively in the spring. In the spring, see, that's very yeah. different. Well, 
Because it's saw, new growth. Yeah, I saw a couple of things. I think it depends if you care that it looks funny in winter with the old flower heads on it. Yes. Because I did see a lot of stuff saying, leave the flower, this old flower heads over winter. And then... It's you, the same for the macrophilias. And I've always done it in autumn because yeah. for that reason I thought I don't like the dead flowers anymore. Yeah, so I think you probably can do either. The things that I saw online were saying um, prune them after the last frost because if you prune them too early in winter, I guess if you do it in autumn, it gives them time to kind of heal Mm. before the frosts come. But if you do it in winter, say, and then so you prune all that stuff off and then say it starts growing in spring, the tender shoots are susceptible to frost damage. So you just have to be careful of that, I guess. Yeah. Especially for us down south, but probably people in the North Island won't yeah, have won't that. have to worry about it as much. Yeah, our listeners in the North Island. <laughs> and internationally, I don't know. Yeah, internationally. Um, but yeah, and you can prune it back really hard. So depending on how established your plant is and how big it is, um, yeah. Great. Because I just bought one. I bought one called Candlelight. Mm-hmm. That's maybe where I got the idea of the candle shape. Like yeah. a flame almost, but yeah. yeah. Um, it's really beautiful. It's actually in flower at the moment. Oh, I that's guess because I just bought it. It's still some. I've got uh, one of my lace caps is yeah. still flowering. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, and it's because it's a baby plant, and I've just put it in a pot for the time being because I think the place where I want to put it, I need to keep clear for the minute. Yes. So um, it's just in a pot, and I think when I prune it in spring. It's just so little. Like and I'll probably that was just like, take those stems down. In spring, it said like early spring is the perfect time to yeah. transplant it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So, so that ties them well. Yeah, I'll have more of an idea of what I want to do with the garden. I think mm. then. Um, I've taken like quite a few cuttings and been given a lot of hydrangea cuttings. Yes. So when do you take them? Well, they are super easy to um, take. The best time is spring. But I feel like I've taken them over summer before. And as an example, um, once I gave a cutting to Greer's sister and we literally just cut it off, had no idea how. She just plonked it in a pot and it went. Yeah, it's great that hydrangea. Yes. And other cuttings that I've given to my mum, I think have been in summer and she just has put them either into a pot, like um, like of sand, and my auntie before. She, they're super hardy because mm. she's take, given me cuttings before and I've left them in a plastic bag of sand and they've still just been absolutely fine. Like, mm. I've been lazy about it in the middle of summer. Yeah. And they've come away. That's so good. So you only need to take, like, a cutting down to, like, a um, leaf note mm-hmm. just below it and then... Um, How tall are you? Um, if you show me, I can translate that into centimetres. A couple of... Like 20, 20 centimetres? If that, if you yeah. wanted to. As long as you've got some um, a couple of leaves at the top yeah. and any of the bo- um, bottom section of the stem, you've removed like the lower leaves, like you would like a... Any cutting. Any cutting. Um, I didn't even root hormone it. So... Oh, I've never root hormone. <laughs> no, and they just, it just went. So, but it does, online it'll tell you to use a root hormone. Um, and to use like a wild draining sterile package, but you know, sand in a plastic bag works. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so super easy. Yeah, give it a go. If yeah, you see yeah. someone with a yeah, with uh, one that you like, yeah, that insane that you would like, you know, that um, greeny white creamy one. I've got yes. a that was the one that Steph took. Yeah, 
is beautiful and she's just got the inner pot and it's yeah bloody gone for it isn't it yeah that's a nice one yeah that's a gorgeous one i love that and that actually at french she had those burgundy ones oh i know I actually wrote down the name of those. I'm going to find one. Not that I've really got room for another hydrangea, but... But the whole plant was burgundy, wasn't it? The leaves yeah. and the flower. It was amazing. And she said people always comment on those. Yeah. Because the, the leaf colour, like when it turns in autumn, but this must have been all year round, was that beautiful burgundy colour, yeah, wasn't it? Was it was great. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. That's hydrangeas. Hydrang- if anyone's got any questions about hydrangeas that you don't think we covered, let us know. Mm-hmm. Because we would like to answer them. Yes. Any other questions? Questions, comments, questions. feedback. Okay, we've had two fails on our cold calls. Um, Awkward. Uh, this will be actually this cold call, if this person doesn't pick up, would be the most awkward. It will be, because he's downstairs. <laughs> um, we're going to ring Jack, my husband. He is the indoor plant guru. I don't even know anyone personally like you said on instagram all these houseplant people yeah, but like actually, he is houseplant yeah life. i should post some of the photos of his houseplants because he has got so many and they do bloody well so let's see if he's downstairs and if he'll pick up he's gonna think i'm a real weirdo yes hi hi jack hello it's just me and libby upstairs oh yes right okay <laughs> Um, we were just wondering what you've been up to in the garden this week and also more specifically what you've been doing with your indoor plants because I know you've been pottering about with those. <laughs> and um, you might have a yeah. new purchase. Yes. My, yeah, I got a watermelon peperomia, which mm-hmm. I've been wanting to get for a long time. Yeah. Well, actually, Claire ordered it for me online and got it delivered to her work. And what a good bitch. I just got to unpack <laughs> it, so it was good. And... Um, Can you tell us about I, them? Because I've I've never I don't own one and I've never seen one. I don't. Yeah, Libby doesn't have any peperomias. No. Can you? Uh, I quite I quite like them. They just I like their leaves and I like the texture of their leaves. And Beautiful leaves. I always like this one because it looks like watermelon, of course. Um, I think they can be quite picky. Ah, like, yeah. They do. I've heard people who, when they finish their milk in their bottle, they with water and then, then um, water the peperomias with that because something to do with the calcium. Oh, interesting. Helps with the growth. But, uh, they, but then other peperomias are really easy to grow, so I've had pretty good luck with my other one, so I'm hoping. Do they like the same conditions as a general rule, or is each variety quite different? I think they're quite different. The watermelon peperomias don't like direct sunlight. They like to be got that filtered light, which I find hard to find in our house, but um, yes. I think all the good filter light in their bedroom on top of my dresser so yeah that's where all my plants go so and do um, they get very big no i don't think so they're quite compact yeah they get a lot of leaves and like a small kind of pot and they like to be i think they like to be quite root bound as well ah. so you can mm. keep them quite small um yeah i cut back my um transcendia i think it's called mm. to completely regrow it after living said that oh the inch plant cut it back and yes it. Puts it in the roots in, so I cut that right back, and mm. I just went a bit crazy and repotted all the plants because I don't know. Sometimes go through stages. I get it. I did. I that was one of my cuttings I took this week. Yeah. Mm. To add to some empty yeah. pots I had. So I got some of those pink bubbles as well, which I've cut more of and potted those off. I don't know. I just like to give them away. I guess. Yeah, it's quite a cool thing to them. do. 
I love it. I was so excited when Greer was like, no, you can have one. So I don't actually, I haven't even got around to Googling it. I've just repotted it into the pot that I wanted. Can you tell me what I need to do with my bubble plant? Well, I've been, because I can get quite stringy, so Ooh. I've been just hard cutting mine back. Um, like I hard cut the back and they'll grow again, and then it just, it just promotes more growth in the yeah. kind of middle and okay. makes it more kind of bushy. Yeah, string. So like a transcendia. It's quite really. hard though. Sometimes you don't want to cut back so much, but they grow so fast that. And they are green, except when they're in heaps of sunlight, they turn pink. Yeah, so the more it's kind of hard because the more sunlight you give them, the pinker they turn. But sometimes they also tend to dry out quite quick. So yeah, can't be bothered watering them. Don't put them in full sunlight. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I've got mine yeah. on a um like a morning sun windowsill mm. in my lounge at the moment. Mm, which is probably perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Okay, so, good yeah, to know. If you want it real super pink, just leave it like in a full sun for uh, like a week or something. And, it'll, and then if you think it's drying out, you can put it back in the shade or the less light and then it'll go greener, but then you put it back in sunlight again and it'll gain its pinkness again. So. And, and what about watering? Do I just leave it with my once a week plant? Yeah, yeah, just, uh, just put your finger in the soil and if it um, feels dry, kind of up your knuckle and give it a water. Oh, that old chestnut of a rule. Ah. So do you would you put it on like a a saucer with some um water to do that or do you just give it a really good soak from the top? Yeah, I just soak it from the top and then okay. it starts dropping out the bottom. Don't let it sit. Don't let it sit in, in the like water, water okay. because it can grow like root rot and stuff. Yeah. As well. So you don't ever want to let them sit in water. Okay. Good. Any, any plant really. Yeah. Oh, good. the great tips for me, actually. I'm learning <laughs> lots. <laughs> and what's the, um, you got a cutting given to you by your cousin. What is that? I can see it from where I'm sitting. Uh, it's a Hoya, I think. A They're Hoya. quite popular at the moment. Oh, yeah. yes, I, mum's got one. I love them. Yeah. With the I'm flowers like, that drip. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of types, and they're quite popular at the moment. They're quite expensive, but I've never, I mean, I don't mind them, but. And how many, off the top of your head, do you think, how many different um, houseplants do you have? Because oh, uh, you have a quite probably, a extensive collection. Uh, I think I've got 20 or 30, maybe. Well, I, I, can, can, count, I, I can count 14 in this room that I'm in. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's Actually, two more. No, there's there's two more over there. So, and then there's probably, like, another six in our room. And then if not more. Downstairs, yeah. there's Five probably another. maybe. No, I reckon there's more than five downstairs. So you've probably got 30 to 40, I mean, sorry, 30 to 50 sort of in that range probably. 30? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. There's more... It's bloody there's jungle. more that yeah, they really want. Like, I mean, there's some, but they're too, way too expensive. And I wouldn't mind like a fiddle leaf or something like that. What a big I love plant them. that can go in the stairs, like downstairs somewhere, mm. like in a big corner somewhere. But They are pretty bougie, the aren't they? Mm. Like, it's like the bougie... I'm getting a houseplant. I've got my fiddle leaf. Like, <laughs> yeah. do, do you find yeah, that a little bit? And that's us. <laughs> yeah. No, like I love them too, but I find like people that aren't even into houseplants are like, oh yes, my, my precious fiddle leaf in the corner. And it's like, okay. <laughs> you don't have any other plants in the whole yeah. house, but yeah. No, I mean, there's not many more plants that I want to get at the moment. That watermelon pepperoni was the one that I already wanted for a while. So um, they just, they're really expensive now. Now they become real popular and stuff. So I try and, Maybe cut back on buying so, them. And, so, how know. long have you probably been interested in like when 
was your first maybe house plant? Uh, probably bit... more when we moved in, when me and Greer moved in here mm. into our house because it's hard when you've, like, I had like one or two plants in the flats and stuff, but nothing yeah. like major. Mm. I always liked kind of growing stuff and I guess more of the outdoor stuff is more Greer. I just kind of weed and take care of the lawn, kind of. You do more so, than that. So you're, you're, yeah. The maintenance like, man and everything. Kind of, yeah, I could just kind of do a bit of like indoor plant stuff. I don't know, every week or every couple of weeks and it doesn't like go to weed or anything like that, you know, you don't, you're not, um, it doesn't matter if you lose, leave them for a few weeks. Yeah. Kind of without pruning or trimming or anything like that, as long as I get a little bit of water and they're looking sad, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't know, yeah, probably a couple of years that I've actually seriously when we've had the space, so. It's hard when you're not in your own home. Because I guess that's why people are getting more into houseplants because they're not owning their own homes for a long time, so they're renting, and it's a really easy way to grow stuff because you can take yeah. it with you. And I, yeah, I think it gives your house like a more homely feel as well. Yeah, and, like, love living, it. like living plants and stuff in there. Mm. And um, yeah, not having kids, you can spend more time doing that kind of <laughs> stuff, I guess. <laughs> yes, but you've got your hands full with Vera. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, so that's probably why I haven't done so much recently. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's nice to have my room upstairs as well. I can just sit in there and enjoy the plants. So. Except when me and Libby are recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, well, we enjoy them. Zero, yeah. 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 All right, well, um, thanks for sharing your knowledge. I know. I've, right. I've learnt so much off you over, like, especially the last year probably, mm. since I've got more into my houseplants. So thanks, Jack. That's right. I think it's just a trial and error kind of thing. Like I've killed a few. You're you're very modest about. He is very modest. You're very modest about your um, skills with houseplants. (laughs) I'm looking at his room of them basically, and everyone looks happy and healthy. Yeah. I don't think I would have that if I had (laughs) (laughs) eighteen plants in a room. I'll post a photo of the sideboard because I think it is really it's cool. It's amazing. Yeah. Alright. You're too nice. Okay, well, uh, nice to chat, and I was I was waiting for my uh, time to shine. Oh! Right. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Even though I'm just downstairs, you could have come and talked to me. I've got me to come up, but it's nice to have a phone call. <laughs> just another way to connect. It wouldn't be the segment without it, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Alright. Okay. See ya. See ya. See you later. Bye. 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 Love you. That's great. That was very informative. <laughs> We tried to call Libby's cousin, Brooke, and he was on the phone, and he is really gutted that he missed the call. But you know what? That is life. You get what you get, and, and you, you don't, don't get, get upset. upset. <laughs> so's Brooke. <laughs> Maybe next time you'll be so lucky. Maybe next time. <laughs> I might make him wait now. Now he's expecting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep him on his toes. Oh, you've got to. Yep. Uh, so that's probably us. Yes. Is there anything you need to... Oh, our aprons? <gasps> oh, we didn't talk about them. Oh, we need to post a photo. Jack and his mum made Libby and I aprons, gardening aprons. I've been looking for one for ages. Something that I could garden in that I could hold all my tools in. Yes. Because I'm so sick of, you know, putting stuff down and then not having it handy when you need it. The secateurs, the trowel, ETC, just e- general just things, out. ties, like things you tie up with string. And, you know, builders have building belts. Exactly. And so I've been looking for one and I thought I was actually going to end up having to buy a utility belt or some kind of utility mm. jacket. And they were all really expensive and not cute. And I feel like... Not cute. I want something that's practical, but also I can't have something that's not cute. 
No, and the craftsmanship, she's done such a great job because it's real oh. heavy duty fabric. It's sewn heavy duty. It's got amazing pockets on it. It mm. looks cute. Mine's got cats on it. Does I'm, yours? Yeah, they're both okay. the same. Okay. They've got cats. They are, Jack and Clara actually picked that. My niece and my husband went and picked that material out. And they are just short little like half aprons yep. that you just tie around and you put your things in. Oh, it's perfect. So handy. In fact, um, my eldest daughter is super jealous of one. So oh. she puts her cooking apron on. If I, I've only had it on once, but she like, <laughs> was like, I want one. Oh, I can't wait to keep using it more because... We'll have to post yeah, with it on. We'll have to post some photos, but really, really cool. Yeah. But that's the only podcast news we have that we both got gardening aprons. <laughs> Super stoked about. <laughs> Super stoked about. So if you want to get in touch with us, find us on Instagram. Oh, what are those handles, Graham? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we like to garden, Libby. I, and it's pod, not podcast. Okay? That's the email. Yes, I knew that. Oh. Okay. No. <laughs> I was doing the Instagram. I'm sorry. I don't want to fall out over this gonna be tough if it happens <laughs> uh and yeah email us we like to garden dot pod at gmail dot pod at gmail.com dot com dot com email us questions if there's anything you want us to talk about yes we would love that 100 percent. and remember to please download us um, oh yeah yeah oh and review us on itunes yeah please we i think it helps I've heard other podcasters Can talk I just, about this. I'm just going to interrupt. He's now blaming me that he didn't pick up. He's put, plus you've pocket dialed me a lot lately. Like, <laughs> like that's an excuse why he hasn't picked up. <laughs> Get a grip. It's <laughs> your fault. I haven't replied to him. He sent me three messages. Oh, he's stewing. He's stewing over it all right. <laughs> um, that's probably us. That's us for another um, two another weeks, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.